0: Well, hey, Ward Church, so glad to be with you all. And whether you're watching uh, in our sanctuary or in our overflow in Knox or at home or even hosting a watch party with your small group, so glad we can all both rest and to worship our great God together. We're going to continue in our series through the book of Jonah in this summer series. We've taught Jonah and great adventures in the deep uh, where we're worshiping with our families, our children and students. And today, continuing our series is Justin Tucker, our director of War Kids. So excited. He's here. Uh, He's been with us almost two years now leading our children to live and love like Jesus on our mission together. And he's going to continue in chapter 3. You know, so many of us uh, know the story of Jonah right at the end of chapter 2. You know, Jonah's in the belly of this great fish and he gets spit out. But the story continues. That God is still after Jonah and God is still after the Ninevites. And God is doing some amazing things and how the obedience of one man uh, can lead to a transformation of a whole city, a community and the world itself. So, Justin, uh, why don't you take it and lead us in chapter three? Yeah, we will do. Thank you, Pastor Soon. Well, thanks, everybody. So we're going to just jump right
1: in to Jonah chapter 3, and uh, we're going to have some fun today, and uh, we're just going to jump right in, so if you follow me to the screen, and we'll we'll just jump right into our first part of the text here. So Jonah chapter 3, verse 1 through halfway uh, through verse 3, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh, and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord, and went to Nineveh. So here we have, this passage has this phrase, a second time, okay? And and this phrase, a second time, it really, it underscores God's determination to get his message to the Ninevites, okay? So uh, we know that this second time phrase had to be there because we know what happened the first time Jonah was asked, right? He ended up in the belly of a fish, right? So this phrase, a second time, had to be there and even though jonah was a little reluctant okay jonah still obeyed the word of god and went to nineveh now when we were on the cusp of this little thing called coronavirus okay when our lives have they've all changed in ways that we probably would have never predicted a year ago two years ago six months ago um you know i have to say something that even Pre-corona and even during corona and post-corona, there's something that I always have to do. And I don't know if you're like this, but in times of trouble or tough times, after I pause and I pray and I get into the word of God and, and I do all of these things, there's one thing I still have to do. I always have to find funny. So whether a really bad comedy movie or some stand-up, I have to find some funny in the midst of hard times. And, and I have to say, during this corona time, uh, the memes have been particularly on fire. Okay, now if you don't know what a meme is, okay, I want to I wanna share that with you. I have the definition of a meme, and it's right here. So let's read it together. It says, a meme is an element of a culture or system of behavior that may be considered to be passed from one individual to another by non-genetic means, especially imitation. Okay, so whatever that means, that's, that's what a meme is. So, so that's what a meme is, and you know, uh, there is one that just kept popping up on my feed. As I was scrolling, there was one that just kept popping up on my feed and I just had to share it with you guys because I just thought it fit perfectly. So the meme that was there was this. It said, whoever is supposed to go to Nineveh, just go already. Okay, isn't that perfect? It is so perfect uh, for today and today's message. Now, uh, let's get back to this phrase a second time. Right? Scripture says, a second time, God gave Jonah this message, a second time. Now, who at home okay, has raised kids or is raising kids? Now, I would ask to raise your hand, but it seems weird, right? You're at home, okay? But, so maybe you don't need to raise your hands. Maybe we can do something different. You can, If you're sitting on your couch, maybe you can just kind of give me a little head nod or... Give me like a weird little wink maybe. I don't know, whatever you wanna do. But if you're raising kids or if you've raised kids, go ahead and let me know, okay? Um, but you have probably said this phrase a second time before. And kids, if you're in the room, teenagers, if you're in the room, you've probably heard your parents say something to you more than once, right? So I'm gonna give a few options and we'll see if you parents have said this Or if you kids, maybe you've heard this before, okay? So let's go with this. This this is the second time I've asked you not to leave the toilet seat up, okay? Maybe we've heard that, okay? Or maybe this is you. This is the second time I've asked you to pick up your toys or clean up your room, right? Or maybe you, and, and this one always gets my family. And even if you've ever babysat or worked in a childcare center, I can guarantee you've probably said this before, this is the second time I'm asking you to put your shoes on. Why that takes so long, I don't know. But there are sometimes when my family leaves, it takes us, I have to say that seven, eight times um, before we actually leave the house, right? Um, but there's something in this, right? So, parents, we know that when we say this a second time, a third time, what usually happens? irritation comes, frustration comes, right? Especially if that's that third or fourth time. And I know that I have this syndrome, okay, that I have to deal with every day. It's called the, the Tucker Grumpy Men Syndrome. And that's where I have to learn to be less grumpy than the men before me and the men before them. And sometimes it's tough. And sometimes I, I have to apologize to my kids when this irritation comes and the frustration comes, right? But here's what's so important to know and so awesome about God. Okay, and I want you to listen to this because in this moment God shows his compassion for people by asking Jonah to go speak to the Ninevites a second time. Okay, let me say that again. God shows his compassion for people by asking Jonah to go into Nineveh a second time, okay? And here's something really, really important for you to take away today, to learn today, to know today, and I am sure that you already know this, but if you don't, God loves you and God has compassion for you. God loves loves us here at Ward Church. God loves people that don't go to church. Okay, God loves people that look different than you. God loves people that live even in different states than Michigan. And I know that this one's gonna be tough for a lot of you, but God even loves Ohio State fans. Yeah, I know, it's tough. Take it in, and I hear that's, that's a really big deal between uh, a lot of folks. Now, I went to uh, Colorado State University, so go Rams, but I'll be praying with you uh, while you take that in that God loves everyone. Okay. Now, again, on a serious note, I really do want you to know that God loves you and has compassion for you. So we're going to keep reading uh, through Jonah and we're going to read uh, our second half of verse 3 through verse 9. So let's read that. Now Nineveh was a very important city. A visit required three days. And on the first day, Jonah started into the city. He proclaimed, 40 more days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. And when Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne. He took off his royal robes, and he covered himself with sackcloth, and he sat down in the dust. Now this is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. So, um, Jonah here, even though he's a little reluctant, even though he's a little grumpy, he still goes into the city of Nineveh, which scripture tells us a visit required a three days. But neither, uh, in, in Jonah's day, neither the circumference or the diameter of the city took that long. And this is probably, basically, the idea behind this statement It probably refers to how long it would take for Jonah to walk and preach his message throughout the greater metropolitan area of Nineveh. Now, when I think about Jonah preaching his message and walking and talking, yeah, okay, I think about a few things, okay? I think about I think about this. I wonder if Jonah, I wonder if Jonah has a good hydro flask. Okay? You get thirsty when you go walking, especially if you're walking for a long time, right? I wonder if Jonah had a good pair of hiking shoes. I don't know about you, but I've seen those Bible illustrations before of sandals, and I just don't know if that would cut it, okay? Now, um, as Jonah preached his message okay, from God, the Ninevites heard God's message and they listened, okay? They declared a fast and all of them from the greatest to the least put on a sackcloth, okay? And we're gonna pause right there, a sackcloth, okay? so. Again, I don't know what you think about when you hear the word sackcloth, but for me, I have a few things I'm gonna show you. These are pictures that I think of when I think of sackcloth, so let's let's join over. So when I think of sackcloth, I think of this. (laughs) Maybe it's just me, I don't know, maybe maybe you too. Uh, I also think about this. I think about that as a sackcloth, right? But in (laughs) the sackcloth, okay, People took off their normal clothes and they put on a sackcloth, which was this coarse, uh, harsh uh, cloth, typically made out of goat's hair. And they put it on and it was a symbol as they were rejecting earthly comforts. right? And, and the people of Nineveh put on their sackcloth and they fasted, which was this ancient demonstration of mourning. Okay? And, and this is such a huge thing for the Ninevites and what they were doing in their lives. They totally stopped and they turned to God. Okay? My favorite part of this chapter is when it says, from the greatest to the least of them. That means everyone, every single person. It doesn't matter how much you make. It doesn't matter what type of clothes you wear. It doesn't matter how you style your hair or your beard right? It doesn't matter how messy your family life is. It doesn't matter how messy your past is. From the greatest to the least of them, they repented and they urgently called on God. Now, just like the Ninevites, we can put on our sackcloth, but don't do it now. Keep your clothes on. Okay. But we can repent. Okay. We can urgently cry out to God. Okay. Now, when we repent, repentance means doing something. In repentance, something has to change. Something has to be different. Repentance means doing something. Okay, now, about seven, eight years ago, I started working in ministry. And on the first day of my job, I went out to lunch with another staff member. And his name is Joe. And Joe is a, um, what do you, how do you say? He's a biker. He is If you think of any type of biker from TV shows or movies, that's Joe. Hand tattoos, neck tattoos, chains. Joe is a biker. And Joe loves Jesus. And Joe loves sharing his story about the day his life changed when he repented and urgently called on God. Now, before knowing Jesus, Joe was mixed up with gangs, He was in and out of prison. He had lost precious years watching his children grow. Now I say all this not to say a woe is me to Joe. This is not a sad story for Joe. This is a proud repentant story for Joe that Joe gives all glory to God because his life changed when he urgently called on God. Now, uh, in in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, Jesus says this. He says, the the time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So uh, let me explain it another way, too, is that um, in the skateboarding world, if you've ever seen someone skateboard, or if you know that you skateboard yourself, go ahead and raise your hand, give me a little nod, okay? So in the skateboarding world, there's this trick called a 180, and it's, it's a pretty difficult trick. And, you know, there are times in our lives where, yes, this is gonna be tricky to stop what we're doing and turn to God. Okay, but a 180 means that you stop, you turn around, and you go a new way. You stop, you turn around, and you go a new way. So when we repent, when we say yes to God, our lives change. He changes us, okay? And just like the Ninevites heard the message from Jonah, Okay, they repented. They did a 180. My friend Joe did a 180. Um, Let me finish us off as we uh, read our last verse from Jonah, verse 10. So, when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. Okay, now, God heard the Ninevites, God heard their repentance and he relented. Even though their past was outpouring uh, enough for, for a judgment, God mercifully relented on the Ninevites. Now, we do not obligate God to forgive us when we repent. Instead, repentance appeals to God's grace, mercy, and compassion. Now, God's calling us. He's calling us to believe in him and have a relationship with him. God's calling us to repent and do a 180. And I know maybe some of you will say, hey, you know, Jonah, you know, Jonah waited a few, a few times, right? He didn't go the first time. And maybe I'll wait. Maybe I'll wait to like the second or third time that God calls me or I feel a moving in my life. But I say, don't wait. God is ready for you today. Okay. Now, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. It doesn't matter how little or how much you know of the Bible. But I say that God's compassion and grace are waiting for us. They're waiting for us in our misplaced intentions. God's grace and compassion are waiting for us in our misplaced obedience. And I don't know where you are in your relationship or in your story with God. You might have been a believer for years or a new believer or you're not decided yet. But I do know one thing. Is that no matter where you are, you can always urgently call on God and he will be there. Because God knows your story and all we have to do is say yes. So let's pray. Dear God, I'm just so thankful that we get to, to be together, um, to, to learn your word and, and to, to focus in on you and what that means for our lives. God, I pray for all of us as we go on through our weeks And as the summer goes on, that whenever we need you, that we know, that we remember that you love us, you have compassion for us, and that we can always urgently call on you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.